So I did a workout tonight. Hey, I'm alive. Go ahead, Jared. Sorry to interrupt. Go ahead. No, not important. Who did you do today? <laughs> no, I was just saying me and Jason hit a workout today. Oh, what did you guys do? Uh, I had bar muscle-ups, parallel handstand push-ups, and squat cleans. Wow, I'm surprised you can talk about that. <laughs> I thought for sure I was going to get it like, I can't tell you. How about the reps? Will you tell us the reps? No. Time domain? No. Who won, you or Jason? Jason. Wow, good answer. Good answer. If you would have won, you would have said, I can't tell you, right? No, I'd have told you if I won. Oh, right. Uh, tomorrow morning at 7 a.m., I had scheduled uh, one of my um, new favorite athletes in the CrossFit ecosystem, Nicholas Joyal, Joyal from uh, uh, Eastern. Eastern. Eastern Canada. I think he's from the greater Montreal area. Eastern Eastern Canada, where uh, vaccines are enforced, injections are enforced on all ages, from the living to the dead. Uh, I think you need three booster shots now there to be considered. <clears throat> anyway, anyway. Uh, but Nicholas also took partook probably in some other uh, substances, and it's kind of, and and, uh, and you know, and I thought maybe he wouldn't come on tomorrow and. And he's being cool as shit, and he is—he's uh, still coming on, and I'm really stoked. And um, it will be a good day to ban any douchebags in the comments. By the way, I am totally okay with douchebags in the comments. I my tolerance for douchebaggery in the comments wanes if you have an account that um, uh, doesn't have a name attached to it. So if your name is like like Dick Butter. Like that guy, Dick Butter. I have a tolerance for his douchebaggery and his jokes because they're always jokes. He's not like, yo, your mom's fucking ugly. It's more like, your mom's so ugly. When I fuck her, I put a bag over my face in case the bag over her face breaks. You know what I mean? There's like a joke in there. It can't just be just name calling. So I'm, I'm up for like, you know, if you're practicing your shit, you, you guys get it. You guys get it. Uh, anyway, so so Nicholas Joyal tested positive for something. I don't know what. He made a comment. Uh, first, he 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 was nice enough to reach out to us and, be, and was like, Hey guys, I don't know if you still want me on. I'm not going to the CrossFit games. Uh, what's up? And he said, I popped for something. We said, okay. And we said, we'd love to have you on. Uh, it's going to be great for our YouTube station. I mean, we're compassionate people. And um, so he's coming on tomorrow morning. And then I also reached out to Mr. Vellner and invited him on the show this evening. Voila, there he is. <laughs> and we'll start with the toughest question first. What is harder, Patrick? Beating athletes on PEDs or swim events? <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't know. I guess uh, beating athletes with PEDs since I seem to not do it very often. Uh, I was so high on this guy, Mr. Joyal. And in, 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 uh, in JR's like easy there, simmer down, settle down. Like I was like, he's going to win the games. I was like all in. I was all in. He said he means on Friday of semifinals. Yeah, on Friday of semifinals, <laughs> and these guys are telling me to settle down, and and, and then he and then he kind of got he got beat up a little bit the the next couple of days, but I was still excited about him. And then yeah, you, know, you you like you lead with the heart, so you're gonna you tend to get it broken regularly, I think, as a result. But. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Um, we we what what's the math look like? Are you now the Atlas Games uh, champion? I don't think so. I think that I, 
I think all that happens is Jeff and I both get eight more points if they were to rerun the points. Oh, both of you get eight more points, not just you. I I think Nick only beat me in two workouts, both the first day, and he beat Jeff and I both in both of those workouts. And those are the only events that he beat either of of us in, I think. So I think it basically, I bump from second to first in event one, and Jeff bumps from third to second. And then event two, I go from third to second, and Jeff goes from fourth to third. So in the end, we end up with like, we have a level tie break. The points don't change and we have the same tie break. We have two firsts, two seconds and a third. And then I have a sixth on the complex and he has a fourth. So I think we still end up eight points spread between us. Yeah, that's right. A, lo- a bunch of people were messaging me this afternoon telling me that Velner was the Atlas Games champ. And I was like, oh, damn. So I started looking at the numbers real quick. And then I was like, ah. I'm not sure about that. So I, I like spend a decent amount of time writing it down. And I also wanted to check on the bubble in case they do a backfill to make sure that like everything would still be good there, which it also is. Does CrossFit yeah. let you know, Patrick? Uh, like about the drug testing? Yeah. Like does, so. does, does, does everyone at who competed at the Atlas games or all the finishers get some sort of like, Hey, just so you know, someone tested positive. We're just giving you a heads up or anything like that. Any comms or. No, I think, well, I mean, th- likely they'll release a statement probably, uh, you know, in a matter of a couple of days that has all of the week four, maybe even, I don't know if they've done week three yet even, but we've seen like drug testing results trickle out. There's a few positive tests in the teams, I think, but generally they'll do it in like blocks. So maybe weeks three and four is one big block that they were holding and they'll release all at once what all the results were from there. Um so probably it'll come out at some point in the next bit. And if there were any other positive tests, they'll be released at the same time there from, I think it was us strength and depth and Copa sewer that happened at the same time. So I'd assume all three of those will have their information released all at once. Um, but I think Nick just kind of came out and got ahead of it and said uh, he was going to be not competing at the games and, you know, took some ownership over that. So power to him. I, I guess we find out tomorrow, but so we think the timeline on this is he got a note from CrossFit saying you popped. They gave him the option of doing a test B or a, a B a test of his B sample or, or, or whatever. When you, when you push back on a drug test and he said, fuck that. And he just went straight to the internet and said, he came out, he came out with his hands up. Yeah. I mean, I think, I don't know. I, I don't I don't like to see anybody cheating, but, you know, I think there's something a little bit refreshing about seeing somebody uh, admit their fault and be like, "Hey, yeah, I did that. Sorry," and not and not try to say it was a tainted whatever and uh, this and that excuse. Like we've kind of seen the same two or three excuses roll around every single time, and <clears throat> I don't know. There's and what like are those excuses? I ingested semen. What, what were the other two besides I ingested semen? That's the only one yeah. I, that really sticks in my head. I think that just falls under the contaminated supplement category. Yeah. Kissing, kissing dudes. Kissing right. dudes was one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, contaminated uh, supplements. Right. Right. Yeah. Contaminated supplements. Tainted meat is one. That oh, yes. Up. Yes. I don't know. There's a few that I just like. But, you know, people, it is what it is. People ask about this all the time. Do you think that there's, you know, steroids in CrossFit? And I've I've always kind of c- contended three things. One, I'm not 100% sure. Two, I don't think that the athletes at the top, that it's worth it for them to risk it. But three, the athletes that have been close year after year that feel like they're just so, you know, so close and keep falling short, that's where the temptation sets in. And basically, that's what it sounds like Nick said, is that he felt like he was really close. He did this, you know, he finally decided to do this thing this year. 
took that chance, knew that knew what the risks were, and when he got caught, he owned it. And I'm like, that's not that surprising of a scenario for me. Yeah, I think that scenario is where you're probably likely to see it. Like, I don't know. I don't know. If you looked at, like, the people who are trying to break through to make it to the games or the people who are trying to break through to, like, be a top 10 athlete or try just not quite there to make it on the podium, like, I think those transition zones are probably where it's most likely, and you see stories like that. I don't know, though. I think that, yeah, and I mean, it's 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 kind of refreshing for just for Nick to tell his story and say that because – otherwise it like a lot of it is just so shrouded, right? It's always like, you know, there's some excuses that come out and nobody ever's ever really sure. There's a lot of half truths or this and that. And I think it's, you know, sports is a difficult world and it's, it's very unforgiving and there's very like, it, it can be very all or nothing. So of course there's people who are willing to do whatever they can. And I think it's naive to think there isn't that out there, but um, you know, I don't think it's as rampant as some claim it is. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, I don't know. I it's like I like I don't like that. I I always seems to be around me. I don't know what it is. <laughs> what it is about me? I just love but. it. I you might not like it, but I love it. I hope I hope someone pops at the games. I hope you take second place at the games, and God forbid it's not Justin Medeiros. Whoever took first pops. That would be great. I just want consist- just, you know, I just want like, consistency like, in your life, continuity. Like, let's yeah, right. Let's let's say there's a, a scenario where. It there, or there was a middling or something, and him testing positive would have changed the leaderboard to say be me beating Jeff or whatever it might be. Now what happens? Like, so Jeff won and he's got his award, and now are they going to rerun the system? Like I think in in 2017, which is like my best reference to this type of scenario, when Ricky tested positive, they they didn't rerun the scoring system. I don't think they just eliminated him from the leaderboard and then shuffled everybody up. So in that scenario, that's that where, shit crazy. Where I where I would have. Are, are, one, did they? Can we thing. confirm what he just said? Is that true? What Vellner just said? I think so. I'm, I'm pretty yeah, we sure. We can it confirm. Is. I have like a memory of them discussing it and saying you can't pretend that this so and so athlete didn't have an effect on the competition, despite them, um, you know, being on whatever substances, because they're physically there and they draw people out and they have an effect on the athletes around them. You can't just like erase their effect um okay so by that's rerunning confirmed. the point we're, we're, system we're kind of, confirmed for that so anyway that's the precedent that we have so in a situation i'm glad it's not the case because if it were the case and it had ended up in a, a, a scenario where i i somehow land higher than jeff my my gut's instinct is that they wouldn't reshuffle it it would just be like now all of a sudden there's more noise on the internet <laughs> saying oh valner should have won and this and that and blah, blah blah and do this and it just, it creates, the one thing I really hate the most about these types of situations with athletes testing positive is it creates so much noise for the other athletes. Like, you know, I am inevitably going to get a bunch of DMs from people about this, whether they're condemning Nick or telling me that I'm on drugs too, or this and that. And it's just like, it's so goddamn annoying. Like, I've just got better shit to do than like feel this all day long. And it, and so, you know, like. I was having someone a, will do that to you. Someone you're going to get a DM no, that says, Hey, don't act like you're not on it too. Without a doubt. There's so much. God, I'd like to internet, run that person's so. house over with you, the fucking you monster got, truck. You have got to know that there's so much malevolence out there. People who just want bad things to happen to you just because, um, and it's like, it's yeah. So it just, it, it sort of, again, puts everybody under the gun. It says it, it gives people ammunition to say, ha, told you so everybody's on drugs. 
oh, this guy's a, you know, he was just the sacrificial lamb this year. Like, nah, they're protecting their big, and it just like, it fucking goes on forever. So every time there's one, it, it's like, it's sad. Like it frankly just makes me sad for the body of athletes who work really hard. And like, I've been competing as a clean athlete, which should go without saying for years. And it's just hard. Then you just constantly like have this gun to your head and everyone's like, well, like you're clean or, and whether or not you can, you produce a, a negative test and they say, oh, I didn't see it. And it's like, like you're just, you, you're guilty until proven innocent. And that just gets so old. So um, it always just gets worse. It goes in waves and then people kind of calm down and forget about it. And then every time there's a case like this, it just sort of like builds up momentum again. And it's just, you know, like we have enough stress two, three weeks away from the games trying to like flog ourselves and get ready to like, nobody wants this extra noise in your ear. You can, um, I so mean, it's funny. These right? people also like, you can just zoom out and, and you can say just on the men's side alone, there's 40 games qualifiers. And at every semifinal, they also tested the next three people, which are the last chance qualifier. And uh, that's 70 athletes that were tested and one guy popped. And on the team side, you know, we've had four, four drug pops this year, but every team has four teams teammates on it and there's testing uh teams like we saw with blue city athletics that didn't even make the game so if you extrapolate the numbers it's like a tenth of a percent of the people and that, sh- that shouldn't be the statistic that you're writing on when you're starting to make these accusations yeah i mean i like what you said much. about the honesty i think all we can ex- i think the highest level we can expect from our fellow man and we should expect from our mellow ma- fellow man and we should set them up for is honesty and the fact that he came out honest and, and people's response is, well, w- would he have come out and said um, he was taking if he wouldn't have been caught? I don't even understand how, how you go there. Like, I, I don't I, That's not what happened. He was caught and he, and he just admitted to it. Well, I, I just want to reward him. You know, what? by reward him, I mean, by reward him, I mean. Uh, just support him. I don't want to attack him. I don't want to be I don't want to beat him down anymore. I had a neighbor who robbed me one year right in college took all my shit and all my roommate shit right all of it a week later he comes over he goes hey i, I robbed you i'm like fuck where's the shit he goes it's at my parents house one went, went over to his parents house loaded my pickup truck with all the stuff and i'm like hey thanks for giving it back and he said yeah he's like, i thought you knew that's why i turned myself in i thought you were about to turn me in on the cops i'm like no i had no idea my roommates wanted us to call me to call the cops on the fucking guy i couldn't do it he gave the shit back I mean, yeah, and it's it's a difficult conversation because it's like you know he put himself in that situation, right? Right, right. I, right. I, I do, you know, I don't hate Nick Joel, right? Like, I don't. Right. I think he made a bad decision, and it's it is what it is. But can he come? Can he come the, west and train with you? Uh, he, <laughs> he probably won't have any reason to now. <laughs> I mean, in four years. Yeah, we'll see what I'm doing in four years, but. He'll probably have better people to train with at that point. Um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's tough. Like I think, yeah, I'm, you're right. On the one hand, you do kind of want to say, Hey, kudos to you for like being a grown up about the whole thing, but you know, like you did a bad thing and, uh, any shit on your party, any shit on your party. Well, and like, it's not me. I don't, it's not about me. Like, I think, you know, look at someone like Austin Spencer who finished sixth behind him. So Austin Spencer, his partner, Caroline Connors, qualified from Atlas Games. They would have both qualified from the same competition had Nick either not been there or who knows. If Nick had just been there and not taken anything, maybe he still would have qualified or maybe he wouldn't have. I don't know. But given the what we're looking at now, like if Austin gets extended a backfill, like 
which I hope he does, that'll be really cool for them as a couple. And But it could have been even cooler had they been able to share that moment at the competition. And those are like, it's lame and cheesy kind of to say like, you know, it's about those moments and stuff, but it kind of is. It is. Like, it is. that's what you too. work for. Like, and so like too. if he could have been there and they could have both been there, had their photo, had their qualification, gave each other a big hug, like that would have been awesome. It would have been a cool storyline. Those are memories that you make and last forever. To get the phone call, even if he gets the backfill, that's like, hey, Austin, lace up your shoes like you're going to Madison. It's like, oh, and that'll be still cool. And they'll have some time at the games. But like, it's like it just kind of it's missing something. Right. So those are the things that suck. Right. Like they're the, those are the unintended consequences. And those are the people that lose out. Um, so is like, it's not part of you, like, like, I didn't lose. I didn't lose anything. Like, that's the reality of it. Is I, I lost very little. I would have won. I would have won the first event, which would have been like, yay. And the second um, event. But, no, I would have came second in the second one. Uh, Alex Caron also beat me. Well, I, it, it, you could also argue that it would have changed your mindset because instead of like this nobody from fucking uh, comes out of nowhere and fucking beats you and you're like scratching your head for like how he the wasn't fuck a, did that? He wasn't a nobody. I'm that. just I, I I I'm not I'm not doing it to be derogatory to Nicholas Nicholas, but but he had no place beating the great Pat Vellner. I mean, it, who knows? Could could be like could be that you have an effect on the psyche of the athletes that you're competing right. against. Like again, this is was kind of CrossFit's point in 2017 is you cannot pretend that these athletes didn't have an impact on the competition outside right. of their placing. But it's just like you know, again, like I just I wasn't a, I'm not a big loser in this situation. Like it's it's not me. It's not about me. Like I'm going to be fine. Right. Um, so is part of you even kind of happy or like I, I, I like, knew it. I was unbeatable unless you're juicing. No, it makes me sad. We had five oh, Canadians oh. qualify from the men's side, and now we don't. Yeah. Four. Um, yeah. So it just Kowski like, counts that, as two dudes. We'll still give you five. Well, from Atlas, we had all five <laughs> oh. qualification spots from Atlas go to Canadians, which was cool for the men's side. Um, I was like, hey, full Canadian sweep. That's what we want to see. And then now we don't have that. I mean, and good for Austin, not like nothing against him. But I was like rooting for the Canadians, obviously. And when we, we got it, and it was cool, I was rooting for Nick. Um, so it's just, yeah, I don't know. It's It's like... Have you I, talked to him at all after the event? Did you have any exchanges with him after the event up until today? Like after Alice? Yeah, like after Alice, did you have you DM with him or text with him or anything? Oh, since? we spoke a bit at the competition and like as things wrapped up and kind of said congrats. I know he was, because he's in Montreal, he was like talking about maybe coming to do a little bit of work with Michelle since that she's local there, um, which I don't know if we did much of that, but it's just like, yeah, we're like, cordial right I've, I've talked to him i'm not like i have no you know i don't i don't lose sleep over a guy beating me over in a couple events like that's not i'm not like i don't have ill will towards him i think it was great i thought he had a great competition it makes me excited to see people finally break through or do well and um you know surpass their expectations that's what competing that's what makes it fun is to like even from personally for me like some of the things i do in competition i'm like well didn't think i had that in me um, and that's, what's cool about it. So even when I see that for other people, like, of course I want to beat them and it's easy to say it when it's all done to be like, Oh yeah, you know, I, uh, I beat all you guys. So I'm happy for your success because it wasn't quite enough to beat me. It makes it really easy, but regardless, like I'm, it's cool to see people do awesome stuff and, and meet their goals. Right. So I don't know. It, that's just the thing. It like, it sort of puts a damper on the whole thing. And now it's like, this is also then becomes like the last set of news that you get post semifinals pre-games where it's like everybody's riding a high there's lots of buzz after the semis and then it's like wah wah 
and then everybody's got to we'll make something up about you okay i'll try to come up with some sort of story about you that's louder than this one i have a few ideas (laughs) okay i'm in uh patrick i think you're in a marvelous headspace uh it's so awesome your attitude i appreciate you coming on um, do you guys have anything else for Patrick? I'm, I'm, it's cool to see him just so pumped. You look great, and, and it's just great that you're you're just yeah you're just rolling with it. You got shit to do. You're going to the game. Yeah, man. Yeah, I got some color back in my face after a hard session at the track, so I feel like I'm looking good now. What's your so, mile time, Patrick? What's your mile time? It's a good question. We don't use those weird units in this country. So understood. Understood. <laughs> you're not under the the rule of the king. Uh, Jr. Do you have anything for Mr. Velner or Brian? Jr. has been quiet. I want to hear something from him. No, I'm just looking forward to seeing him in a few weeks. At uh, you mean at the, at the CrossFit Games? Yes. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, Brian, do you have anything for Mister Vellner? Uh, what uh, what are your plans between now and the games? How long will you stay up in Canada? When will you come head down here? I think I get there on the 28th or 29th at end of July. It's my birthday next weekend, so I'm gonna stick around. <laughs> Turning 33. Out. Yeah, thirty-two. Thirty-two. So I gotta, I got actually gotta go to a funeral this weekend, and then I gotta. My wife's going to a wedding the weekend after that, so I got the home to myself. We might get a couple people. Emily Rolf might come by and train for a few days, do some stuff, and then I don't know. We're just gonna kind of kick it more of the same. Probably two more hard weeks of kicking my own ass, and then maybe a week of tapering, and then uh, I don't know. Hope, hope it's all good enough. Who died? Uh, my grandpa. Oh, wow. Were you close like to in him? Like, in like November. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. yeah, so we just are doing like an interment and stuff this weekend. Uh, does that, um, ins- does, is that fuel for uh, the games in life? No. No. That's just a fact of life. Right. Right. He was well, like 90, was, uh... 90 something. It wasn't like tragic sudden death. It was wow. the okay. way it works. You live Shit, and then you mean, die. That means you you're going to be alive for a long you... time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was no. I was kind of curious if you would have uh, any any other games athletes, male or female, that you train with between now and then. I mean, it's like I think I, you know you see these these camps that are developing, and then suddenly athletes from the same training programs are making the games, and you see they have these pre games camps, and it's like I'm sure it's a, a good environment, but also to me it's kind of strange. It's like yeah, we're going to train and have this great time together, but two weeks from now, like I'm going to beat your ass every time we take the floor. We've done it in the past. I used to go in Montreal for about a month pre-games, you know, 2018, 2019, we did it. But 2019, I was there with like Sam Cornway and uh, James Newbury. And it's hard to like have people in your division that you're training with every day because those losses sting. Um, You know, I don't want to train. And I find, I think that's hard for training because some days it's not about going a hundred percent effort. It's like, we're working on aerobic stuff and you got to be holding like 70%. But if I go 70 and James goes 75 and Sam goes 80, like we're at hundred percent real quick. And it's like, cause you don't want those training losses. So that's why I think those, those training camps, when you have like one strong male and female training together, it can work very well. Cause there's no direct competition. It's hard when you start to compete with people. So like Emily Rolf lives in Vancouver, Freya Mooseberger's there. Um, I think Freya is going to Montreal soon to train with Michelle, but you know, we'll get together occasionally to do some stuff. I don't really have anybody uh, um, around here. You know, I've done it with a few people, but it's lately my, my thing I'm trying to do is get people from my gym to just come and like do some stuff with me when I have like hard track stuff or 
whatever. Cause some people are just good, like can run or can do, can swim or can do whatever. So if you just get people out with you, it's better than doing it by yourself some days. So like Ryan trying to sucker some people into doing that. <laughs> yeah. I can't advertise the uh, Pat Vellner card. Cause all I have is the Colton Merton card. Oh, where do you go to get the Pat Vellner card? Where do you go? Wadzombie.com. Oh, there Wad we go. Zombie? Look at that. Look at that. Look at that. Best now hug everyone, in the league. Now everyone wants a hug from Pat. I know. I'll squeeze you the know, life that, That's out a of picture you. of Pat carrying his sheets from his wedding night. Um, Pat, that was a great joke, by the way. Uh, we we have a we have a long show ahead of us, or else I'd keep you on all night. We we have to just we're we're going to announce the the women's winner for the CrossFit Games um, tonight. <laughs> okay. Well, if you're on the topic of talking about camps, while you read while I, I exit please, here, please you should talk about how some of the training camps are currently exploding, uh, and there's some major drama, and they're unraveling, and perhaps the training camp scene is not where you want to be. Are are you referring to what's happening over at the Underdogs Athletics? Yes, of course. Uh, anywhere else too? Are you, are you referring about Harry um, and uh, being up from comp train up to the HWPO? Uh, yeah, I don't know, man. Yeah, it's dramatic. There's a lot going on. <laughs> it's, been a, it's been a big day. Oh, it's been a big they, day. Wow. Wow. You guys around, stick around for a few minutes, Pat. Stick you around. You guys have a lot to talk about. No, I got to go have dinner. I'm already late. Pat, um, you the man. Thank, thank you, you so much for coming on and flashing your smile. My pleasure, guys. I'll catch you later. Okay. Here, man. Bye. 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 What is Pat talking about? <laughs> Susan, good to have you back. Hi, bud. Hi, buddy. Hey, what's up, guys? What's up? Uh, what is, what is, uh, what, what's he, I mean, I know there was some, there was some, I, I mean, basically, I heard today that Daniel Brandon has, has is like officially moved to um, Florida, but but anything else? You mean re- regarding Daniel Brandon, or in general that he might just be in general with no, camps? Okay, that was so unlike Pat. That was so uncharacteristic of him. Yeah, it was like a little teaser, and then he just disappeared. Right, but he's not he's not much of a drama queen, and uh, <laughs> and and he stuck his toe in the water. I think he like I think he likes other people's drama, like everyone does. Just not, just not his own. Yeah, just stay off of his island. <laughs> oh, where's my uh, Colt Mertens card? Did I already lose it? I already set it back. I there. mean, you were just showing it like thirty uh, seconds. Ago. I know. I set it. I set it back over there. I need. I need. What other cards are there? Are there? Are That's there other so cards? There, there are more coming, but those are the only two you can have get so far. Mertens. Yes. Well, I don't even know if he's selling any more Mertens. And then Velner's, I think, available right now. Send me my Velner one. Damn it. How much are those? How much are those, Souza? 20 bucks? 30 bucks? How much is a card? He's going back to the website. We have 10 workouts that <laughs> Brian Friend has uh, used resources from the great Mike Halpin. He's uh, Halpin help? Help? How? How? Helped? Halpin helped? What's, what's the phrase? Helping. Oh, only $10? Oh, my gosh. Buy two. One for yourself. Give one as a gift. I know. The plastic holder that it comes in is worth $10. That's crazy. Okay. Uh, so we have these 10 workouts. We have three from the open. We have five from the quarterfinals. And we have two from the semifinals. And all of the athletes who've made it to the CrossFit Games have done all of these workouts. Because no one made it from the last chance, right? Because no one made it to the games through the last chance qualifier who missed the semifinals. Correct. Okay. 
So if you take these 10 workouts and organize them like they're one event. One competition. Yeah. So like, like uh, I'll, I'll tell you a story that's not a stretch <laughs> of the imagination. Next week, monkey pops, monkey pox takes no, over the planet. Again? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we, we, I need to give people like a, a narrative. You have a understand. new one from last night though? Okay. A new venereal disease spreads over the planet. And we're all forced to stay home and CrossFit decides, hey, we're just going to take these 10 workouts and we're going to choose the winners. And so we have the winners for you for the uh, 2022 CrossFit Games based on those 10 workouts. It's, it, is, it is a remarkable piece of uh, data junk food for games uh, junkies. At the, uh, I'd like to just start by telling you who is at the top. No surprise. It's not a surprise that she's at the top. But considering everything about the season up to this point, which is it's Shane Orr's wife, right? Yeah. Okay. Shane Orr's wife. And, um, you know, considering what she did in the off season, which her focus was not primarily on CrossFit, but we're doing doing some other stuff. And then she comes and she does the open. And like we talked about yesterday, most of the athletes that are, you know, perennially at the top of the sport, and there's none currently competing that are more perennially at the top than she is. They're not, they're not thinking too much about the open in terms of, you know, I have to prep my whole week to dominate this workout. They're just doing the workout on the day that they do it. And they're moving out with their training. And basically she's having the same approach in quarterfinals. <clears throat> and of course she was excited for the semifinals to be back in Australia and, you know, but, and she was incredibly impressive and dominant there. And the country came out like crazy to support her. The Torian pro was nuts. Was that the most popular? Do we have numbers on that? Was that the most in attendance of any semifinal? Maybe that or Brazil. Oh it's yeah. Tough to say how I don't know how many seats everyone necessarily held, but my general impression was that the international ones outside of North America were selling out or filling up the stands at least, and that in North America wasn't even close. Torian looked but like it was Torian three, tiers, three, three decks. Pretty, yeah, that I mean, they sold out that that uh, it's a Patrick Rafter Center tennis stadium or something like that. It's a you know it's supposed to be a really cool venue. They sold it out and they did a big show and they had the fireworks and everything. I mean, it's. It's always the, the the fans in Australia are really good CrossFit fans. Like some people I know who went for sanctionals there to do some competitions were like, man, it was a great energy, and the fans really turn out in Australia. So that's a big deal for her. She hadn't been there in several years. She goes there and competes. But the point is that there's like uh, six, I think it's sixteen rookies in this field, and there's a lot of sophomore athletes in the field. Also, this is their second year back. Athletes who are not the established Tia Claire Toomey's that are coming you know, like into the season knowing I'm going to make the games and it's just a matter of how good will I be when the games come around. And we even saw this year that there were some athletes who pro- probably people assumed that of that didn't end up making it. And despite all of that, of a thousand available points, Tia took 961. And out of 390 attempts that the other 39 women had in this field already this year to beat her on a workout, they beat her collectively 13 times. Well, I'm not, where do you get that number 390? There, there, there were only 10 39 women besides her. Okay. 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 Yeah. It's up there. Yeah. When you start uh, looking at the leaderboard, you know, you start to think how many events will Tia win at the games? Like what's a good over under? Like, is it nine? Is it 10 of events she'll actually win? And you start looking, okay, well for her not to win, someone's got to beat her. How many specialists or how many athletes are there that can, perform better than her at any one given test, be it like a single modality handstand walk workout, which traditionally are some of her lower finishes. If they have another one of those, or maybe like a long grinder endurance style event, like a Laura Horvat type event, but you start to look at the leaderboard and there's so few, there are so few that have even won events at the games. 
much less ones that have won multiple ones like Carl Saunders or, you know, someone like that. The, the Pat Rafter arena holds 5,500 and you're saying it was sold out. That's pretty damn good. Yeah. I mean, they, they, the thing is they announced that it was sold out like two weeks early. And I think that in, um, even in Europe and North America, that half of their ticket sales were in like the days of the event and maybe a day or two prior combined. Even with this show spreading false news about they were only filling up half the seats. Where? Twice I, I, I reported that. I reported that they were only filling up half the uh, arena because of uh, unvaccinated athletes. It, it appears that it wasn't true. More false news from the Seven podcast. I apologize. Uh, going back to what JR was saying, you had some remarkable numbers that we saw last night after the show was over regarding the number of event wins she's had compared to other people, right? 33. 33. Did you just say that? Sorry. No, but I think the next closest is seven or eight. And that's Carl Saunders. That's in this field. And, and, and and Brian, you were telling me last night, what second is even from people not in this field, the second best ever. What was it? Was it? Oh yeah. So Tia has 33 event wins in her career. A majority of those have come in the last two seasons. She had nine last year. She had nine in 2020 stage two and four additional in 2020 stage one. So that's 13. The 22 of her 33 have come in the last two years. Second place all time for women is Annie Thor's daughter with 14. Mm-hmm. Catherine Davis' daughter's third with 13. Wow. Good on, good on those gals. That's impressive. And, t- and together. Oh, and, and who's third? Who's third? Catherine, 13. I'm uh, sorry. Who's uh, third? Who's fourth then? Sorry. Sam Briggs, 11. 11. Okay. So, okay. So Tia. After this year, if she has an, another great year, which we have to presume she will, she will have more wins than the next three people combined. Yeah, and those next three people combined will have uh, five total CrossFit Games championships. And if Tia wins this one, she'll also have more than them combined. Ooh, ooh. Okay, JR, I don't want to beat a dead horse, but I got to put this on you. Here we are again. Ye- yesterday, your your theory, we were talking about why uh, Fikowski's at 38, and it makes no sense Um that he's going to be anywhere near there at the end of the games, 2022 CrossFit games. He's actually, um, we all agree that he's probably going to be on the podium. He's, he's going to move up the furthest from basically these mock games we put together, theoretical games. And the premise of your argument was that he's a veteran and he's gaming it. He's doing what he needs to do to preserve and build himself up to be the best at the games. Well, I think that can speak for the first three workouts of the 10 for the open. Okay. Okay. For the quarterfinals, there's other factors like doing workouts alone, not doing them in a competitive field, um, having some people maybe have a pacer next to him going and him just saying, hey, I'm just going to go and see what happens. At semifinals, having live competition, but not having all of them in the same live competition. And then the absence of things that we know are going to be at the games. In but it's probably the biggest point of argument for him. Odd objects, machines, adaptability, unknown and unknowable, that kind of stuff. How does fair, and thank you for, for adding that to it's significant. How does Tia fit into this theory? We have someone who I would argue is as seasoned as Fikowski. Um, it's not Medeiros, who's just you know a thirteen-year-old boy who just does good at everything and not gaming anything, and but we have Tia, who you could argue has more years behind her than ahead of her, and 
now does it apply uh, that that line that I screwed up yesterday that you had to repeat for me? People, you should do everything the way you do everything. What what the hell was that? <laughs> how you do anything is how you do everything. Thank you, thank you. Yes, how you pee is how you should poop. I um, think in Tia's case, it's it's a uh, it's a margins thing. She's so far ahead of everyone that she can take three months off and that she can get back into it right around the open. And her 90% could be most people's 100%. So her base is so big that she doesn't have to go back to square one every year and try to build back up to try to get a little bit fitter. She probably will, but everyone else is still chasing. So as long as she moves just a tiny bit or stays the same, the gap probably still can't close. Okay. Uh, Mal O'Brien will take a pass on her and throw her in the Justin Medeiros camp. Um, the oh, little we should engine- not take a, a pass on Mal O'Brien. Uh, but just just for a second, though, just for this argument, I just want to bring up one more vision. Okay. How, how about Christy Arama O'Connell? I mean, we'll spend a lot of time on Mal Bryan, but she also falls in the same camp. Does she also have that base? I'm just struggling with the fact that the open doesn't really doesn't matter. I guess I'm in denial because here we have two girls that, that um, I think d- did make it matter. So, first of all, no matter whatever, what happens – if the, if the open doesn't matter in anyone's mind, it's always going to bother you. Right, right. Good we just have to accept that. Okay. Talk we'll work on that. Maybe we'll work through that in the off season. I'll close my eyes and you can like say stuff to me. Uh, Jeremy, no, um, Seb, Brian has me on retainer. And not, and not like a lawyer, like a hooker. <laughs> <laughs> can you have a hooker on retainer? Anyway, uh, to your uh, question, Savan, which I'm not, I'm not even sure what the question is necessarily, but I'm just not accepting the fact. I'm just not accepting the fact that um, I, I, I want to. I'm not accepting the fact that Tia. It's like I, I just love the fact that everything she does is great, and and that's what you have to do to be a champion, and that's what Medeiros did, and that's why Fikowski's never going to be at the top. He's just not. He doesn't fit into the books I'm reading. The books I'm reading, if you want to be a champion, is how you do anything is how you do everything. And it's like, okay. And, and, I, and, you know, and you have to live at home with your parents like Justin and you have to be singularly focused. Like, you know what I mean? And somehow Fakowski's not fitting that mold by being and 38th yet, in this model. And yet, yeah. Every time that he's qualified for the games outside of 2019 and 2020, how has his finishes been? He's fucking amazing. I know. I know you told one, two, he's one, fig- two, two, three, one, out, two, 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 yeah. two, one. He figured out um, how to maximize his potential in a live competition that, and the hardest live competitions, because in the you know, even when he shows up at the sanctionals, even when he travels to Dubai to compete, he's just—it's not just the execution workout to workout. It's everything from the you know the build up to that competition, the week leading into it, every night, every day between events, everything that he does is you know all designed for him to maximize his potential at that competition in the series of events that are given to him. JR is right. He does excel in things that can't be tested inside the gym to, and there's a higher variability between his performance in an open style workout where we have limited equipment space and opportunity to something where you can broaden the horizon and you can bring in a bunch of stuff that people haven't seen before and that we don't often or always get an opportunity to do in competitions. There is a bigger gap there than usual, but this, he has, and and that's the reason why, you know, he has this uh, professor project that he's been working on and that people are subscribing to that because he has figured out all these little tricks and secrets to make sure that he can always show up to the competitions at his best and inside of workouts, apply all the things that he's practiced and bring with him to do the same. And if you, you know, you, if you haven't, 
if you're relatively new to watching this, like you should go back and watch some Brent Fikowski's regional performances from 2016, 17, and 18. It's incredible to see how he manages those weekends, how he manages those workouts. And then in the games, you know, depending on the event, it's, it can be harder to, to maybe follow the storyline of every athlete in the field. But there's a, you know, he's up there um, in terms of all time wins at the games as well. And he's still going. Uh, Susan, can you bring up his page? Um, it's called uh, it's called Train Heroic, but you can also just put the professor, the professor project. It's a nice it's a nice website. I didn't even know he was selling training. You think that a few years, yeah. You think that affects? Does he have someone helping him do that? You think that affects his uh, ability to train for the games? <clears throat> Considering like, everything I, that I just said about him, I would think that you know before launching this, he put a lot of thought into it, and, and I would assume that yes, he has some people that are helping him. But he also seems like the type of guy. I mean, you, you have to remember that early on in his career, he was working full time mm-hmm. and straining for the games, and you know had several near misses before finally making it. And then he was slowly able to transition away from that working. So he's not unused to doing things that are productive in addition to training full to be a full-time athlete. And he's the kind of guy that's going to, you know, if he sees an opportunity to learn something, you know, he might've picked up a ability to manage a website or to take in and manipulate pictures to fit the mold that he wants. But I'm sure he does have someone that's helping him with this too. Uh, JR outside of, injury or some act of God, is there any chance that Tia Claire Toomey can take any place besides first? Any, any kind of weird programming? Um, I guess the only two factors would be something in the programming or someone's better than her. No, I, I think she's too good at too many different things to lose enough points over the course of 13 to 15 events to lose. Uh, Brian, same question to you outside of an act of God or someone being better than her. I, those are the only two things I can think of. Uh, can anyone, can anyone, and by an act of God, you know what I mean? Like she gets in a car accident or outside of someone being better than her. You can't see a way she'll lose. Right. <laughs> I, I mean, and some, or she'll break in a leg or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. I mean, everyone knows it's a, it is sports. You can get sick, you can get injured. Things can happen that are, you know, freak, whatever. But as we've seen over the last five, six years, you know, she's nearly unbeatable in a live competition. Um, and in the last couple of years, she's proven to be nearly unbeatable in majority of events at live competitions. It is going beyond the level of dominance that, that uh, Froning or, or even Fraser showed over, the, over these last couple of seasons. And this study that we're talking about tonight is like it's only like a, a cherry on top in terms of this. Like, you know, it's incredible. She's 200 points ahead of Mal O'Brien in this model. And Mal is 100 points ahead of third place Cristiano O'Connell. So you take you just mail out of the equation. She's thirty percent clear of the field on a series of tests that she's not that invested in. That uh, you know really don't matter to her. Where, like I mentioned earlier, half the women on this field they do matter to them in a very different way than it means to Tia. Because you know even you look at someone like Alexis Raptis, who's incredibly good, and people are super excited about this year. But you know she had last year in her mind all season, and she wasn't about to miss out again this year. So she's thinking about that when she's doing open workout she's thinking about that for quarterfinals workout she's carrying that desire and that heartbreak with her in, into trying to qualify this year and so she, she's done really well in the qualifying stages Tia's not got she had no worries about that stuff she's just showing up and doing these workouts and moving on and it's complete and utter domination three firsts three seconds two thirds and two fourths let's um let's assume so let's assume just now Tia's is going to win win the cross the games just for a second here well or, or or until she does win them 
The next place is we 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 we've assumed Laura Horvat is uh, second place, but is this when is the year going to happen that Mal O'Brien is going to take that spot from Laura Horvat? So what I'm going to propose is that we don't look at the first three workouts, which were the open. Because as Sarah Sigmund's daughter told us, they don't matter. And we look at just the, the, the remaining seven. If those, if we only had those seven workouts, who would, would Mal still be ahead of Laura Horvat? Because Laura Horvat is number seven on this list right now. I want to see something here. Do you see what I'm asking, JR, here? Yeah, I can see what you're asking. Okay. I wish I knew how to read this chart better. All I see, all I really understand is, is the rankings in the order when i see right next to laura horvat 22.1 did she take 33rd out of all the people on this list she took 33rd in that workout Susan, if you can scroll to the right a little bit i'll just highlight the cells he's talking about well that's not gonna work oh you can do that from your google doc too yeah so here we see mal was sixth to laura's 39th mal was seventh to laura's 19th mal was 13th to her 16th but then Mal's 16th to her third, Mal's 13th to her third, Mal's 9th to her fifth, Mal's 20th to her fifth. So Laura takes her four to three on net, net workouts head to head there. But this 39th in quarterfinal event one, that's the shoulder endurance with the handstand pushups and the stuff. Ah, that we know. there we go. And so if, if it ends up being something that's a pretty close race between Mal and Laura at the games, and, and Mal has in fact closed that gap quite a bit, and there's a workout that shows up when the full field is still in play, that's something that Laura is particularly bad at. And there is a chance that there's one workout that she does finish in the bottom five and at the games. And if that's the case and Mal is a good finish in it and Mal doesn't have an equally bad finished offset that, then maybe there is a scenario where she can challenge her for that two spot. Is there any hole anywhere in Mal's game? To be determined. Last year, we did see a, a couple over the course of the season. Um, however, we saw that one of them was not just eradicated, but completely obliterated in, in the case of the uh, Echo Bike, um, which he demonstrated at the Atlas Games. And, um, you know, there's these kind of whispers going around that what we saw of Mal at the Atlas Games is, or the Granite Games, excuse me, is still not the best version of her, and that we should be looking to see even a more impressive performance for, on some of the things that she was maybe not as good at last year if they happen to show up at the games this year. JR, let your imagination run wild. Give me, is there, is there, is there a workout? It seems like Brian said, it seems like Brian, I'm putting words in Brian's mouth right now that he could quickly come up with a workout that would put Laura Horvat in the bottom five in this list. Can you quickly think of a workout in your head (laughs) um, that would put Mal O'Brien at the bottom five amongst in this class with these people? Well, in this list, we can look at one in particular quarterfinals workout five, which is mm-hmm. a really, really high power output workout. It's not really dependent upon top end, not under fatigue lifting, like absolute strength, but comparatively to the field, I'm pretty sure she's 13th on that, correct? Right. Yep. That's what I'm looking at too. So if I look at a workout like that and I say you put a workout like that at the games, does she finish 13th or better? Does she finish 15th to 20th? It's, you know, it's hard to say, but why did you choose that instead of a event four where she took 16th? Well, because we know there's about who knows how many, (laughs) I don't know. I don't even want to go there with that workout. Okay. Okay. Shut her on the workout. That's Um, but No, that was workout three. This is the other total. Okay. Other total. Yeah. So, I mean, the easy thing to say would just be one rep max lift because we know she's probably not one of the strongest, 
But I look at that as being maybe one test and possibly a test when the field has been narrowed, when cuts have already been made. That's been the trend here lately, right? In 2019, Uh, when there was a very small field, they did the snatch after they had already done cuts. So at that point, it doesn't hurt you as much to take a lower place finish when you're talking about an event compared to 40 others. So if I look like a high power output workout, like that 30-20-10 workout, which there'll probably be something like that at the games. I would love to see something like that come out with a moderately heavy barbell load or even an odd object load to see how she handles it. Because we know she's an absolute monster on all the machines at this point. So I'm going to interpret what you're saying. You're saying, no, there isn't a workout that comes off the top of your head that's realistic, that she would be in the bottom five of these 40. But you could see if there was a cut down to 10, a workout coming up where she's on the bottom, she takes last. That that's a, a a more likely scenario. Yeah, maybe. And if that's the case, then she's got a great chance of finishing second. Wow. Okay. Uh, Brian, did you did you like the way we talked through that? Do you, do you have any thoughts on that? It, it seems to me, just from this little talk that that we've seen uh, Laura's last time at second place, she's now. Uh, oh, I don't. I don't think that's the necessarily no? the case at all. I mean, no. you got to you know think back to last year. Obviously, Tia was running away with it, but I think by the end of the weekend, there was an 80-point gap between Laura and third place, and Mal was all the way down to third place, uh, four, seventh place last year, you know, over 200 points behind. So she's, you know, she's got, she's obviously improved in some domains, and I think that she will give sprint round knockouts. That's a, that's a good shot there from uh, probably Chase. Um, you know, she's improved in some domains, but to make up 200 points at the games is still not an easy thing to do. There are some competitors in this field last year that weren't, there uh this year they weren't there last year that I think will factor in in some of these conversations. The thing that I like that JR points out is more so than in the men's field, in the women's field, I think you have some pretty distinct tiers in terms of capacity and um capability at the games. And that the bottom uh you know 10 women are not going to factor in. Even if we look at this list, you'll see they have uh between like the the bottom 10 of them, they'll have like maybe five to uh eight total workouts that they pop up and have a a pretty good performance on. But overall, most of those women aren't really factoring into very many workouts. And so you're going to just see the top 20 athletes exchanging points within the top 20 or the top 10 within the top 10 and the next 10 within the next 10 or whatever these kind of breakdowns of tiers end up being. If there is a cut and you end up eliminating some of those athletes, that's where you'll start to see, um, you know, someone maybe get exposed against the top half of the field that now you're talking about a very, you know, like even the worst athlete in the field is still extremely competitive. Uh, let's, so let's, let's look, uh, can you scroll down? Let's look at who these people are. Maybe they're not all down. Oh, okay. I think they are not all down here. So this, this is more indicative than the men. There's no one down here at the bottom. I think we had three people down here at the bottom. We had uh, Cole Sager, Maybe Yanikoski and Fakowski were down here at the bottom. It was, it was uh, in the bottom 10 athletes that you thought uh, maybe would we'll, we'll do a lot better at the games. Alexander Caron, Travis Mader, Cole Sager, Brent Fakowski. Okay. Well, even Hapalainen, we think, would probably do a lot better. So, but, but we don't really see that here, right? The, these people, this is more accurate for the women. I, I've never even heard of these people. Well, yeah, there are a few names here mixed in that I think are not placed where they end up finishing. But for the most part... This list looks a lot more like I would predict the games than the men by far. Um, where where is Carolyn Prevo finished at the games in her career? Yeah. Uh, well, I think um, I'm trying to remember what happened to her in that cuts here. 
I think she did really well in the cuts here. I think she was like 12th or something when they finally made the cuts. And then she was close to 30th last year. Is the uh, cuts year 2000? Is the cuts year 2019? That's the weird year. Yeah, and she did finish 12th that year after um, Anna Fragkow was removed from the leaderboard. So she missed out on the cuts along with Daniel Brandon, Annie Thorzada, Pacelli, Horvath, Wells, Briggs. I mean, it was a good group that got cut right there, and she was in it. And then she did, yeah, she was 27th last year, and those are the only two uh, years she's been. And is this is this the toughest women's field we've ever seen? I don't think so. I mean, <clears throat> in fact, I think I think it could have been, uh, but for you know one reason or another, we don't have Carrie Pierce, Kristen Holt, the Annie Thor's daughter, Sarah Sigmund's daughter, Bethany Shadburn, um, Katrin David's daughter, Sam Briggs, Annika Ooh. Greer. Like it's it's a really big list. I'm sure I'm forgetting some others that deserve to be mentioned on that list. But you know, there's there's reasons that they aren't all there. But we know that there are like these ten to twelve female athletes out there in the world that if you entered them into this games field would hands down every time beat the bottom 10 and probably the bottom 20 athletes that are in the games this year. Uh, what was the story? That was an incredible list, by the way, you just read it off. What was the story again with Alyssa uh, Fulano? She's the one who has like arthritis oh. and a full-time job. Is is that her? Yeah. Alyssa, uh, Alyssa Fuliano from, from Italy. She actually, um, I got in touch with it. Um, country director, Matteo over there in Italy, and he was able to give me some information on her. She doesn't even really consider herself an athlete. She's a digital designer. She works uh, usually till about 6 p.m. every day, and then she goes and trains in a, basically a little box in the corner that they set aside for her, you know, for up to 90 minutes um, in the evenings. And, uh, you know, she was hoping to do really well at the semifinals. Obviously, she, you know, showed up there hoping to make the games, but uh, unlike a lot of the athletes in this field and a lot of the athletes who didn't make the games, it's not her sole focus and priority in her life. She's kind of like this year's uh, Ariel Lowen, right? From last year. It's not a bad comparison. Uh, and and, uh, and then uh, Seher Kaya, uh, Victoria Campos, Paige Powers. Paige pa who is Paige Powers competing? She was competing. That's a mayhem athlete, right? Yeah. Correct. And she was competing next to who? There were a lot of eyes on the girl she was competing next to, I think. Yeah, she was game? competing against Emma Lawson, Freya Mooseberger, okay. Carolyn Connors, Carolyn Priva. Does she belong down here, Paige? I'm not gonna. I'm, I mean, Paige Powers impressed me at semifinals, um, but at the games, I think I, I would be surprised if she finished better than 25th. And let me guess this: who you're not, who you guys don't think. How, how about okay? Well, let's do this like we do with men, the men. Who's going to be in 40th? Is Michelle Morand in the right spot? If you scroll over to the points on this list, she only has 134. The next woman above that has 255. I mean, that's a pretty big gap. Um, and obviously, these tests are different than the games. But yeah, if I had to say, oh, yeah, I would probably would pick her right now to be the bottom. And, and where is she from? Africa. Okay. Where she did great, by the way, in her semifinal. A lot. I think most everyone was expecting Michelle Bazinet to qualify again. So this is a tremendous accomplishment for her. I mean, she's well-known in South Africa. She's a very good uh, athlete there. Um, they only get one spot, so there's not a lot of room for error. She had, a, like I said, a really good run at semifinals. They had some tough workouts there that she did pretty well on. But when you look here, you know, these are the workouts she's done that the rest of these women have done, and there's not a single one where she's in the top half, and there's only one where she's not in the bottom 10. That's not a really good in the, you know, sign when you're heading into the games, even, even though these aren't necessarily the same kind of tests we'd see. We know it's hard for rookies there. We know there's a lot of them to manage. She's also going to have a really long travel to get there. Um, so it's, an, it's a great accomplishment. But I think that, as with most people who come into the games from you know, far away uh, for the first time, 
it's it's really competitive and it's really tough. Uh, and and Sun Young Choi was at the games last year, correct? Yeah, she was, and I think that people loved having her there, and I I think that she'll get a very warm reception again this year. And did she take last place of the uh, out of people who didn't pull out or who were injured at the games last year? Uh, yes. Okay. So this year she has she has competition for that spot. <laughs> uh, the bottom uh, there were you know Larry Kuna, Bethlen Shavards, uh the woman from Russia, Carrie Pierce, Cara Saunders, Danny Spiegel all did not finish the game. So the bottom placement was thirty fourth. That was Sung Yun Choi. Caroline Connors was above that. She's in this field. Michelle Baznet from Africa was the next one. Um, so, really quick, do we know if they're going to backfill um, Joyal's uh, Nicholas uh, Joyal's spot? Has CrossFit hasn't commented on that yet? CrossFit hasn't made any comment regarding this at all. Nick Nicholas chose to get out ahead of that. Um, in the past, there's been. Uh, a little bit of inconsistency on the surface level of whether they backfill or not for things like this. But if you look at it a little bit more detailed, uh, it usually is just a timing thing. So for example, last year, Larry Kuna popped really late to uh, really close to the start of the games. And there was no chance for them to backfill for that spot. It wasn't real realistic or practical. However, if you go back to the 2000, I think it was 18 European uh, semifinals, Andre Ganin popped in that one and they did backfill, which I think went to Frederick Agidius. Um, and that was because there was you know, enough time for them to communicate that to him and then uh, you know, send out an invite and he could arrange to come over there. So I would expect that Austin Spencer should be in line to get the backfill invite here. And, and, and what about this, what, what Brandstetter is saying? They backfilled all the team slots. Have they done that already with this year with that shoe fly situation? Yeah, they announced three, three team backfills uh, a couple of days ago. Okay, cool. All right, fantastic. Um, let's. So we have Michelle Moran, we have Tia Toomey at the top, and dead center we have Paige Semenza sitting in Jason Hopper's spot. Uh, what do we know about Paige? Do you like where she's at? JR? <clears throat> I'd say she probably finishes a little bit lower, top 25. Okay, and you thought Hopper would – you thought Hopper would finish higher. <laughs> Correct. Okay. Uh, what do you what what are you laughing at? Because you know I don't. I anyway. Go ahead, Brian. What do you think? What where do you like where Paige is at? You know, because um, this model makes sense to me. If first is first, and fortieth is fortieth, and twentieth is correct. If those three are correct, I'm liking this game. If they're not, I'm starting to get weird about it. Well, no one would be surprised about that, right? But true. I think, uh, yeah, I was talking about this the other day. You know. Uh, Ariel Lowen qualifying out of the last chance qualifier, she did so in a pretty impressive manner. And when we look at the women that beat her at the, her semifinal, we were talking about, it was actually a pretty good women's field. Uh, Haley Adams, Alexa Ra- Alexis Raptis. Paige Semenza was third there, beating Christy Aramo and beating Christine Kohlenbrand. Um, and then obviously Ariel Lowen. It was a really impressive performance. Uh, she had a very consistent across the board, three-eighths, a fourth, a fifth, and a second in a pretty good field. So she was pretty you know, pretty consistent at the top. And I've heard a lot of people that are saying that she is a kind of a dark horse to really exceed expectations at the games this year. And so I think I'm kind of with JR on this. I think 20 to 25 is a pretty good range for her, but I do know there are people out there that she thinks she can do quite uh, better, much better than that. And she's surround in that, in that pile right there. There's some people that are the real deal. Uh, Danny Spiegel, Emma Lawson, Cindy Michalishan, Lucy Campbell, Ariel Lowen, Jacqueline Dahlstrom, Bailey Rail, Freya Mooseberger, Emily Rolf. I mean, Solvik uh, Sigurd Dartotor. 
Sigurd uh, daughter. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is a, uh, this, this, this middle area is, is all, is all, you know, there's, there's a clot here of talent. Well, you know, in that middle area too, you, you, you know, you want to be able to predict some of those finishes because of these performances. But then in the case of a Danny Spiegel, you have someone who's made the games three straight years. She's completed 13 workouts or events, whichever one you want to call them over those three years. And seven of them were online. So do we know that she's going to finish the weekend? Do we know that she's going to be healthy? Do we know that she's going to be there to showcase what she can do for all the tests? You know what I also heard? I, I heard she's working a booth at the games. Is that common for athletes to do that? To split their I would time? Say no, that is not common. Yeah, I wonder, if that, I wonder if that's true. Yeah, I mean, that that's impressive down there, what she's got, Danny. Those three first firsts. Yeah, she's, you know, this is, uh, I think I'm on the right column now. Yeah, these are her finishes in this model, and she does have these three firsts right here. Um, but two of them come on strength test. This is the other total. This is that barbell snatch rowing workout, the burpee box jump over, and then this is the barbell complex. So we're talking about power output and strength where she's excelling, and we know that. And the thing is, if you're a Danny Spiegel fan, or if you're just a fan of seeing great performances, we want her to, la to last the weekend at the games because we know there's going to be a couple highlights and home runs from her. And people like her and, you know, when she finishes and wins workouts and has done really well in off-season events or semifinal events, there's a big celebration about around her athletic potential. We also know that there's this 40th place, this 34th, 32nd, and this is just the, the trend of, of her, you know, career. And when there's more events like there are at the games, you're also going to see some lows to go along with these awesome performances. So my hope in, as far as Danny Spiegel is that she, she does find a way to make it through the games because we'll definitely get some awesome moments out of her if she does. What did she take 40th in? What workout is that? Quarterfinal event two. That's the three rounds with the um, GHDs, pistols, and ring muscle-ups. Man. And the 34th is in the legless rope climb event. And the 32nd is, a, is in a workout. That, that's a shuttle run, which we know running is a weakness of hers and also has rope climbs in it. So the, the patterns are very obvious for Danny Spiegel. Long running is not going to be good. High volume upper body pulling is not going to be good. Short power output strength, you know, specific tests. She's going to do great. Yeah. And the only way I would push back a little bit, maybe give her a little bit more of the benefit of the doubt about working on her running is that with the flip sled push workout at Granite Games that had two 1000 meter runs um, with the echo bike sandwich in between. She, she held her own and did really good there. And I know that's not a games field, but you had Emily Rolf, who's a really good endurance athlete, Mal who destroyed that workout. And Danny was, was, was right there. Like really. Yeah, connected. no, it was super impressive, especially if, if you uh, happen to also watch her do the ruck run the previous year, which was, you know, just uh, kind of painful to watch. Uh, her running did look better this year. I know she's had some problems with her feet in the past, but you know, it, it was, uh, that, that's a good point, JR. She did look better in that workout and it would be great if she's kind of, you know, figured out a way to manage the longer runs. It, it is, uh, to, just to show how lopsided those performances are. You look at the, the two male athletes who have three first places at Saxon Panchik who took second and we know she's no Saxon Panchik, right? And, uh, uh, if, if you were to do a, a apple, try to do an apple to apple comparison. And then, and then, uh, the other one is Guy Maheros who took fourth and she took 18th. In, in our version of the 2022 uh, CrossFit Games. So so she has massive holes, just massive. And and we may see them exposed multiple times um, over 15 yeah. events. 
Yeah, and she could still have a good performance. You know, she could still finish right. in the ten to twenty range, even with some bad workouts, because she has the capacity to offset those with great finishes. Right, but but um, it's it's more like um, these are more. This is going to be too harsh to say this, but these are more like parlor tricks, circus tricks. These are these aren't good enough to stay competitive in the top ten. Not even. I, I do you think Danny's going to finish in the top twenty at the games? I don't think so. I don't think you can have. I don't think you can take. I mean, she has a fortieth. Well, that's not the reason that she won't finish. In the, if she's able to finish the games weekend, I think there's a good chance she's in the top twenty. But Why so you think far, she's injury? You think she's injury prone? I mean, it's 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 hard to say. The online version of the CrossFit Games, she finished it was seven workouts at home. We've seen her finish, you know, competitions that have that many tests many times, the regionals and sanctionals and stuff like that. The other two years she made the games was the cuts year, so she only got to do five workouts before being cut. Maybe she was primed and ready to do that whole weekend, and we just didn't get to see it because of the format. And then last year, she got injured after the first event. So it's not the best sample size for us to say, but the the trend is not, uh, you know, is not great. Uh, final question on Danny Spiegel. JR, who finishes higher, Danny Spiegel or Colton Mertens? <laughs> Do they both get to do the whole test? Yes, they both get to do the whole test. I push that. <laughs> that means he thinks Danny. He, he, I'm not he afraid of the his, comments. He I felt his system Danny. was being corrupt by emotion, and uh, he pushed. Okay. Um, are we as as we go down this list? We got Tia Clartumi, uh, Mallory O'Brien, Christy O'Rama. Oh, go ahead. Were you going to say something, Jr.? No, there's a okay. fly in here. Okay, uh, Christy O'Rama, o, uh, O'Connell, Alexis Raptus, Car Sanders, Gabriella Magawa, Laura Horvath, ninth, Danielle Brandon, tenth, Haley Adams, eleventh, Emma McQuay, twelfth, um, and then Ellie Turner, thirteenth. I'm going to go all the way down to fifteen, then ask the question. Fourteenth is Amanda Barnhart. Fifteenth is Brooke Wells. Is there anyone in this top fifteen that you that you would like to tell me does not belong here? Will not be here. No, so those are the those are the columns, not the rankings. So uh, Brooke oh. Wells is actually thirteenth. There's a column to the left of that. Okay, let's stop at thirteen then. I want to stop there at thirteen. Does anyone not belong in those thirteen? I think that there's potentially two athletes in this group that will not finish inside the top thirteen. And uh, and who are they? Uh, actually, maybe three. I'm um, the biggest unknown of I would say is Brooke Wells because. <clears throat> Just don't know how good she'll be able to be. Brian, weren't uh, you high on her for semifinals though? Didn't you? You you had you chose yeah, yeah, her but, to go to the games. Yeah, but if Brooke Wells had finished the games last year, she'd be coming off her best ever performance at the you know injury free. She'd be coming off her best ever performance at the games, and we'd be projecting her to potentially be threatening for the podium this year. Right. But she had the devastating injury. She had surgery. She had a setback. She's shown incredible resiliency and work ethic to get back to the point she's at, but. She barely got in in the semifinal. I mean, it was you know one point here, one point there, and so it's very difficult to say that she's got top five potential, especially you know as good as the top five women um, are like, are likely going to be. How much down the list does she slide is a huge unknown. Like I you know I think that ten is like a pretty good projection for her, but I understand that that could be a few spots higher or quite a bit lower. And and who are the other two? Um. Ellie Turner and Alexis Raptus. Yeah. 
you know, rookie, both, uh, Ellie Turner's coming back after for her second year and Alexis Raptis is in her first year. But I think that both are just really young athletes in the sport that have to kind of prove that they earn, you know, a, a, a ranking like this. It's really like we saw some people do it last year with Guy and Lazar and Mal. Um, but it's not that common to be able to come in your first year and have a top 10 finish. So I would be, I think Alexis Raptis can have a great games, but top 10 is a big accomplishment in your rookie season. Ellie Turner, uh, you know, I think she'll improve from last year, but I still think it's a really tough top 10 to crack. Ellie Turner beat uh, Tia Toomey in event uh, quarterfinals event five. What was that event? That was the sprint 30-20-10. <clears throat> I thought for a second you just pulled out that set of semifinals, and I was like, how do you know that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sneaky. Uh, do what, what type of what type of cr- You aren't cr- sneaky, though. No, not sneaky. What type of? I'm using your data. What type of no one, cred no one do we? Tn at Tn semifinals. Uh, uh, quarterfinals event five. Yeah, I thought you were going to say semifinals, and I was like raising an eyebrow. Oh, uh, what what kind of cred does she get for that? Does does she get any? Do, do we give her like, oh, okay, she beat the champ? I think she gets cred just going to touring and finishing third. And I mean, everyone's really high on her as they should be. She finished 21st last year in her first CrossFit Games. So just to make it like to me into the top 15 would be like a really good improvement. Getting into the top 10 would be like, wow. You beat someone on a, on a, on a barbell uh, workout or on a swim or, you know, some, you can kind of wave it off. But the, the, and I know this is a little bit of a, a specialty event, but, but, but I feel like it gives her a lot of street cred. Three look different. At, uh, look at the other ahead. women here that are highlighted. So you have she she tied for uh, first on this workout with Danny Spiegel, and we just uh-huh. talked about what Danny Spiegel's you know specialties are. And um, this is a suggestion that Ellie Turner is probably similarly a powerful athlete who, when you put a you know a machine with a moderate heavy barbell load, is going to probably do uh, pretty well on that event. And then she's you know coming in right behind them is are the two fittest women from last year and Tia and Laura, who we know are also you know, Tia is good at pretty much everything, and Laura is also very good in these power output events. So Ellie, what we're seeing here is that she's asserting herself as one of the power output athletes in the field that are going to show up and do well on certain events. The question for Ellie is, will she round out the other areas of her game relative to last year so that she's able to move up the leaderboard? Will you scroll down for a second? I want to see who took second in this list in the barbell complex. Well, there were three people tied for first, and then I highlighted fourth in orange. Uh, and and who? Okay, and who is that? So tied for first was Cara Saunders. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. That that is my argument, by the way, of why Car Saunders is the biggest threat to Tia Toomey. And it's going back to what we were saying yesterday about Matt Fraser, Ben Smith, and Rich Froning. They're strong. They're strong as shit. You have to be strong as shit and be able to do all the other shit. And she's sitting in sixth place, and there's no one above her that's stronger than her, and no one below her for uh, uh, 12, 12 places. Who's as strong as her, and yet she's hanging in the top five? Thoughts? Go, go ahead, Jay. My thought about Cara Saunders is something a is little she more, more unknown than Danny. Sorry, go ahead, Jerry. This Sorry. is my thing with, with yeah. Cara Saunders. Yeah, yeah. Cara knows what it feels like to beat Tia, 
before Tia was the best. So I, you know, people can tell me that doesn't matter. It was years ago. She was still on the come up. She didn't have confidence like she has now. She wasn't nearly as fit. You know, she finished two, you know, f- finished second two years in a row. But I think that 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 savage that is inside Cara, that same thing we talked about during semifinals when Tia went up to her, that mutual respect, that fist bump of let's go, like, you know, give me a race. Like I want to be pushed a little bit. I think Cara knows that she can beat Tia in certain workouts. And I think just that mental confidence goes a long way, a lot longer, you know, I don't know, a lot longer way than people think when it comes to the games and people walk out there and they're like, they look to their left and they see Tia and they're like, Oh my God, I'm not beating her. Well, I'm putting car, I'm putting car on the podium with what JR just told me. And the fact that um, it's going to be another mommy year. We're going to have that moment. We had, we had Annie Thor's daughter last year and this year it's going to be car Saunders. She could tell the world, fuck you. I had, a, I can have a baby and, and eat my cake too. I'm putting her up there. She, that means she's either going to have to knock Mal off or Laura Horvat off. I mean, un- unlike the rest of the athletes on this list, Kara's done 14 of the same workouts as Tia this year, and she's only beaten her on one, and it was the other total. You know, so she's done you know, the bench press, deadlift, overhead, or overhead squat, and uh, clean. Um, so while, you know, JR is right that she has that experience of getting the best of Tia in some cases in the past, I don't think that's happening this year very often, if at all. I do think that Kara is kind of the wild card in the top 10 where if she can get back to the form that, you know, she was in for, a, you know, several years running really from 2014 through 2018, um, that she's a really scary competitor and threat for the podium. Since those years, she took a year off to have pregnancy. She missed the cuts barely in 2020, 2021, she had to withdraw. So we're still looking to see if she can actually show up in Madison and string together a full week of competition that's reminiscent of the car that we're, you know, that we're used to seeing in the teen, 18, 20 teens. And if that's the case, then some of these young athletes like Mal O'Brien, Haley Adams, Gabby, Gabby Magawa, Laura Horvath, then they're, you know, wherewithal to be able to weather the storm that we know Cara Saunders can be on Saturday and Sunday is going to be put to the test. Let's talk about two athletes that I think is very uncomfortable to talk about. Right up your alley. Uh, let's start with, um, Haley Adams, then we'll move over to Danielle Brandon. <clears throat> Who is Haley Adams? What what is going what is going on? We know she's at the Mayhem camp. We know she's with uh, you know the greatest CrossFitters in the world are, are, are coming in and out of that place like it's a it's like their their home. She's proven herself. She she she's kind she was uh, um she was kind of the great hope. What's what's going on with her career? Is she still getting better? What what can we expect from her? And I yeah. say it's uncomfortable because I think so many people fucking love her, but she's got the she's got a, a, a hole that we just can't stop looking at. Well, I think she's still trending up. You know, strength does take time. It takes years. And whether or not you think she should be competing as much as she does in the off season, she's still working on that. She's lifting all the time. She's getting stronger. She made a comment. Um, after the barbell complex at the Mac that like that weight that she hit, you know, not too long ago was her one rep max clean jerk. So we know that there's confidence building there. And we also know how fit she is on everything else. We think there may be one to two really, really heavy events. And then there'll probably be another event like a yoke where sometimes it can trip her up. But to say Haley's not a top five favorite, I think is crazy. Wow. Wow. I love to hear that. Wow. 
Brian, so, Brian, do you feel that? I'm not sure. You know, one of the things that's that's really impressive about Haley Adams is that the three years she's qualified for the games as an individual, she's finished sixth, fourth, and fifth in the in that order in 2019, 20, and 21. And she's done that in three very different formats. And I talk about this often with Amanda Barnhart also is, you know, being able to navigate the 2020 structure, which was, you know, you had to make it through an online competition, being able to manage the 2019 structure, where you have to make it through all these series of cuts with you know, variable scoring systems and whatever else. And then also being able to demonstrate a top five capacity against, you know, and, and look at the, the athlete she lost to is a Kristen Holta, and he throws out a Laura Horvath, Tia Claire Toomey. Like there's no shame in losing to any of those women. They're legends in the sport. Um, that's a really, that's the year that to me is really impressive that she was able to finish fifth in a year where all of, you know, at least 20 of the athletes were able to finish the whole test. Everyone had to do all the workouts. And it was a pretty brutal finish to the weekend for her in terms of some of her worst, you know, her biggest weaknesses being exposed on the hardest tests for her on the last day uh, with the heavy yoke, heavy deadlift, and then just, uh, you know, heavy, heavy bar to finish out those lunges at the end. Like there's three heavy things for her relative to the other women she was competing with for those top spots on the last day. But when you look at her sanctional performances over the years, it's not like it's not stellar performances. She has an eighth here, a fifth there, a third here. This, she had to take a second, I think, in Reykjavik. Um, but like the women that are beating her in those competitions are not all still competing. Well, you know, Amanda Barnhart beat her in, in Rogue one year. Um, and it just like I could see a potential where she finishes six through 10 in this women's field as well. well um, who beat what, what place did she take last year? You said fifth? And, and who beat her last year? Obviously, it was the three on the podium. Who took fourth? Holta. And she's gone. Holta's gone, and Annie's gone. Annie's gone. But the women right behind her, Gabby, Mal, Christy Aramo, Amanda Barnhart, are all right there. And, you know, we know like a lot, almost everyone's expecting Mal to beat Haley at the games this year. Uh, there are tons of people that are super, super high on Gabby Magawa, and I think for good reason. I think that there's kind of a uh, – Amanda Barnhart's an interesting one. But her, you know, to me, her most impressive finish of the games is 2019 because physically she was a massive outlier from a height and weight perspective relative to the other nine women that made the top 10 that year. Um, and she still managed to do that. And she's also had three consecutive top 10 finishes. And I think that she's rounding out some parts of her game that she's potentially looking at maybe her best finish at the games this year. So the people right behind her are, are the ones that I'm, Curious if they can overtake her this year in addition to Tia and Mal. And that's where you could see her not necessarily be less fit, but maybe have a worse finish. Fair. Uh, Danielle Brandon has. <laughs> I, I know we were talking about this. I think we were talking about this offline. You and I were talking about it. Or it was in a text that we're in. Has anyone ever? Do, do we know of any stories like this where someone switched camps? It is official, right? There was there was some release. Was it on Morning Chalk Up? Some there was some release that she went to. Um, yeah, Florida. Oh well, on Morning Chalk Up, both Justin Kotler, who was her coach, and Cooper Marsh, who is her agent, her manager, made comments that were very much in alignment with each other about the parting of the ways between Underdogs Athletic and Danielle Brandon. I don't know if it's anywhere in um, print or not, but it seems it sounds to me like she it does have intention of heading to Florida to do uh, at least train with the brute camp down there leading into the game. So that's uh, you know Dallin, Pepper, Phil Toon, um, and uh, Matt Torres will be coaching them down there. 
I know this isn't the point of this show, but fuck it. Neither are vaccines. Uh, JR puts you on the spot. Why, 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 do we, why does this have to be announced? Why, why do we have to know? Is it appropriate to um, – and, and I'll tie this to the bigger picture like of what's best for Danielle and I guess what's best for Justin and, and, the, other under, well, and, and the other underdog athletics uh, – underdogs, athletics, athletes. Is this important? Does this need to be talked about? Not, not by us. Of course it does for us. It drives our numbers up. But I mean for them. Well, my gut gut reaction is no, but then when I stop to think about it for a second, I think how awkward, how much more awkward would it be for all those involved if at the CrossFit Games you see Kotler and you see Daniel Brandon, they're not speaking, or you see Daniel Brandon and she doesn't have a coach with her, and then people are really looking around like, what's going on here? What's going on here? And then it becomes an even bigger issue. So I think just getting out in front of it and getting it out there in a week or two, it'll have quieted down. There'll probably be other stories to talk about at that point. Okay, I think so, that that actually didn't that actually happen with Katrin and Ben Bergeron at Rogue last year. Like there wasn't that they, they weren't like he wasn't in her corner like she usually is, and people were like, "What's going on here?" And it was kind of weird. But you can just put it in the context of other people. If uh, you know, all of a sudden tomorrow it's like, "Oh shit, Maderos and Neifert split ways," and we didn't talk about it, like that would be strange. Or if you know, for whatever reason. Uh, all of a sudden we see that um, Haley Adams is training with Tia. We're, we're going to talk about it. So other athletes, you just put it in the context of other athletes that are in the caliber of popularity and notoriety of a Daniel Brandon. And if she's moving across the country three weeks before the games, when it seemed like she was probably in a good spot with a guy who's invested a lot in her. Yeah, that is a big, a big deal because a lot of people think Danielle has podium p- potential this year. If not, you know, maybe, maybe top five is a little bit more realistic, but either way, you know, that's a very significant contender at the games who's making a big change to her team and her preparation pretty close to game time. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of thinking of the illustration or the metaphor of basically you start a fire and burn the grass so that when the big fire gets to it, it burns out. Basically, you're saying get ahead of it, announce that we've parted ways so that there's not a shitload of noise and questions about it. Done. Wrap it up. So the goal is just to make it as seamless as possible for the camp and the athletes, but you kind of have to build a little fire and do some burning in order to quiet it down. The question is, can it be seamless if we don't know the reason? So if they're coming out and getting ahead of it by saying, we decided to mutually part ways, wish you the best of luck. Does, does it, does it then create an even bigger buzz with people saying why? What was the reason? Oh, what, what was the, the reason, reason they gave us for when of Katrin? I, I guess she moved home, so yeah. that was kind of the. And, and, and we know that her and her and um, Annie were best friends, and that they were they were rekindling that that friendship by being close to each other. The book, the headphones, the business. Um, does Danielle have any um, d- dear friends at in, in Florida in Naples? Is there anyone over there that she's? I don't. I don't think there's a you know a huge parallel between these situations, but I also think that it's. You know, people can make all the assumptions they want and be as, you know, uh, nosy or whatever. But for me, it's like they've chosen to say what they've chosen to say. Um, you know, Kotler's got other athletes under him that he needs to focus on and take care of. And Danielle's got to, you know, figure out what she's going to do for the next three weeks to get ready for the games. Where, like, let's like not beat around the bush. She just does have a chance to do really well at the games this year. And I think that, you know, for her I'm sake, so curious how that happens. So. So does she know her pro- – I guess she knows her programming well enough. She meets with a the coach there. I mean 
Do you think this is going to affect her in a bad way? Let me, let's just go straight there. You think this affects her in a bad way? Could this affect her in a good way? I mean, from a training standpoint and peaking for the games, we're about three weeks out. So typically what I would understand is this week is probably like the biggest week for training volume for the athletes. Next week, they start to taper back a little bit, but not all the way. And then, you know, a week before they're doing two or three really hard, intense workout game style events a day before they travel the next week and do, you know, their couple day taper. So I don't think this happening now is really going to affect her fitness where I would think it would affect her is after day one, if she's in 25th and she's used to having that voice there telling her she's fine and that everything's going to be good. And she believes mm. that voice. Who's that voice now? What about Jer? What about the, um, you know, if she has a camp and she has that support team, people doing uh, airplane reservations, hotel reservations, driving you to and from the events, kind of like a, a babysitter, a nanny, someone packing your food for you, just basically treating. So all you have to be is the machine that competes. I mean, that I'm guessing that whole support that she was expecting so. there. Yeah, I would think her representation, like her, you know, Cooper is probably still handling all that stuff for and maybe even wearing more hats now. Right. Okay. Uh, Brian, Brian, do you have do you have thoughts on that? That that was a pretty uh, insightful thing. We know that uh, Justin and Danielle were close. We've seen the videos where he's chirping in her ear, telling her how great she is, um, pumping her up, yelling from the fans. uh, JR brings up a very uh, serious situation. What if she finishes, you know, a, a, a fifth and a 25th on the first day? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's extremely important to have someone there that can tell you what you need to hear when you need to hear it and leave you alone when they need to leave you alone. And um, I'm hopeful that she'll be able to find someone who can maybe not to the same capacity as, uh, as Kotler, but um, they can fill that hole and be a supportive role for her when she needs it, when things don't, you know, cause it, for almost every single athlete at the games, there's ups and downs. And that's why it's important to have that person nearby there. So you don't ride the highs too high or the lows too lows. You just get, you know, focused on the things you need to do to get ready for the next one. Have you talked to her, Brian, since very, that show? Uh, very briefly. <clears throat> uh, anything to report? No. Just uh, told her that I wished her well and I just wanted to see if she was all right. She said she was, you know, moving forward and trying to focus on the games. It's uh. It's it's have we ever seen this before? I I don't think so. I can't I'm, think of one. I mean, I mean, you met you mentioned Rogue as as a, as an example. Oh, well, in this case, I was thinking about like someone with top ten potential at the games making a dramatic change in coaching or training camp. You know, less than a month before it. Off the top of my head, no, but there's you know, maybe there's something I I can't remember. Uh, to this list that we have here, is is there is there any who who? Well, let's let yeah, let's just go here instead of going through every single person like we did with the men, so we don't not here for another hour. Who is going to do the big? Who is placed the lowest? Who's going to jump the most? <clears throat> Jr., do you have someone in mind? I I do. Yeah, I, I, I maybe this is just kind of getting to know her interviewing her and stuff but I, I think Alex Gazan has the potential to make a huge splash this year just talking to Justin Kotler seeing how she performed on certain events knowing what other strengths she has relative to females usually puts her at a really big advantage upper body pushing and pulling strength um, so I would say either 
I would probably say either Gazan or Dahlstrom. So you think Kazan can move up 10 spots? Like we could see her in in, in this uh, ranking, we have her as 27th in our 2022 CrossFit Games. You, you think we could see her as high as 17th? Yeah, I could see her being a rookie in the top 20 for sure. Wow. Uh, Brian? I'm looking even lower than that. I see Turi Halgadad there, uh, down there in, ninth, in 29th place, knowing that she finished 13th at the Games last year and coming off what I consider to be a very impressive performance at um, semifinals where she was you know more or less holding her own with Emma McQuaid and Jacqueline Dahlstrom. All three of those women who finished in a very similar spot, I think um, maybe even McQuaid and uh, Helga Daughter were in back-to-back spots, 12 and 13, uh, last year at the Games, right behind Danielle Brandon. So I think Turi is a very, very veteran athlete that people don't realize because she's, she's not that old. I think she's 29, but her and Cara Saunders both competed at the Games in 2012, and they're there's no men that have done that. Mayor was 2013. So she's been around for a long time. And we talked about it with some of the veterans in the men's side yesterday that at this point in their careers, it's all about managing the season to make sure that you're set up for the games. And I think that um, very underrated how much experience Turi has and that she'll come into the games with a very solid plan of how to execute that weekend and maximize her potential. I think that she can improve by up to 15 spots here. Are there any women from the 2013 games like Travis? Uh, yes. Um, I think so, but that's interesting. So they are the two most senior games athletes, three, three Helga daughter and car Saunders. Yep. And on the just, women's, on the women's and men's sides combined either side. Yeah. Uh, and actually there might not be anyone. There was a 2000. No, I don't think there's anyone. There's 2013 rookie in this field for the, women. okay. So then it goes Travis Mayer. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Uh, since we haven't heard from CrossFit yet that Nicholas Joyal popped and Nicholas told us, that could mean that other men and women have popped and we haven't been told yet. I, I, am I thinking correctly on that? I would say, yeah. And and how long would that take to play out? When would we know? Uh don't know. Like, uh, I think I can't remember if it was Pat or JR that was say, talking about it, but we haven't like we haven't actually gotten any announcement from CrossFit about any athletes popping from weeks three or four yet. I think. That's um, right. So, uh, you know, it's, and it's getting into that time domain now. Where like, if that's going to happen, it <clears> needs <throat> to happen soon because, especially in the case of a team, if you're planning, you know, they've already set the precedent that they will backfill if there's if there's a failed drug test in the team division. And if that takes another week to 10 days and then you're inviting a team and especially if you can, maybe it's a team from South America and suddenly they have to answer the, they have to make the decision or how are we going to get plane tickets, lodging, food, who's coming with us? Can we get time off of work or whatever? And they have to, you know, there's a lot of factors that go into that. So I'm hopeful that that process will be wrapped up sooner rather than later um, because it can, it can create kind of a nightmare situation for individuals but also but primarily teams if they have to make a last minute plan like that hey uh another another strong point uh piggybacking off of what Vellner was saying about it refreshing that he came clean it basically what that does let's say he would have pushed back let's say they let's say he would have pushed back and we don't find out for another week at least now crossfit can take action and get this guy what's his name austin spencer good job yes uh suited up and in the game i i really really um I really, 
I, I'm just I'm just a huge fan of honesty. I'm just a huge fucking fan, fan of honesty. And you could say with Sevon, he didn't he didn't uh, he wasn't going to come clean if he didn't get caught. Hey, that's not the way it played out though. He did get caught. He told us the next guy hopefully now has a chance to fill the spot. Um, if you want to be mad at him for cheating and this or that or this, but I, I, I'm I, I'm impressed. I, I'm 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 okay with it. I'm okay with it. Let's see what let's see what Liz R says. Joyal's improvement in hindsight is so obvious for someone dope. Tell you what, I saw Nicholas Joyal at, at uh, Wadapalooza a couple years ago, and he finished in the top ten there. And um, you know, it doesn't seem like he was doing. He's just like, it doesn't seem like he was uh, you know juicing back then, and he was beating some pretty impressive athletes. So he's had the potential. Um, but I, you know, like I said, and like he said. He's been close for a long time and he was seeking that little edge. And even though you might not like it or you think it's a, you know, a bad thing to do, like it's understandable. And so that someone in that situation would make that decision and take that risk. Uh, um, s- someone was saying in the comments, I saw that he, he had uh, some, some titties, gyno, 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 some, one of the, yeah. One of those words Hiller uses. I thought it looked great. I guess I like a dude with titties. Uh, what a great list. Is there anyone else on here? I mean, I know there's a ton of great people we did not talk about. We didn't talk about Lu- Lucy Campbell, Cindy McAlishan, Emma Lawson. Uh, there's a uh, Bailey Rail, em- Emily Rolf. Is there anyone on here, though, that you think that we has to be touched on before we sign off here for tonight? Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry. One more. Who is going to drop the most? Which, which maybe in a way is saying is they killed the open and, and the games are a different beast. And they and they competed in Canada or Africa. Yeah, um, I mean the safe the safe call here is to say someone like a Danny Spiegel in the case that she can't finish the games. But I think that we shouldn't consider that really when doing this. Um, outside of that, you know, there's uh, there are these uh, a couple of women here that show up pretty high on this ranking. Matilda Garns coming in at fifteenth, uh, Emma Lawson coming in at seventeenth, Lucy Campbell at nineteenth. That are all games rookies. And I think that they each have, uh, you know, you could make a case for each one of them having a finish this high, but, um, you know, there's a lot, there are quite a few veterans below them on this list that they have to beat in order to do that. So I would probably think those are some good names to look at that may finish, you know, eight to 12 spots lower than they show up on this list. How many rookies do we have? 16 on the women's side, 40% of the field. Wow. Oh, wow. Okay, so there's two things when Brian says that that are consistent with things he said earlier today. He started the show by saying basically there's levels to this shit. That this, more than the men, there's distinct categories of athletes. The second thing that Brian just rattled off off the top of his head were like 12 athletes who are um, common household names amongst this CrossFit group, amongst all of us, who aren't here this year. Like people like, holy shit, I can't believe where's Sam Briggs, where's Sarah Sigmund's daughter, where's Catherine David's daughter, where's Andy Thor's daughter. Like these all there's just a ton of names. Kristen Holt, the list goes on and on. And so now we see that wow. Okay. So we could see some re- we could see Tia like we could see some really fucked up weird shit this year. I don't mean fucked up in a bad way, but we're gonna see some No, I think gonna- what I think this is what you're gonna see. And I think it's actually gonna create for a lot of drama and excitement at certain parts of the leaderboard. We're gonna see Tia dominate. I think we'll probably see Laura do very well and Mal do very well. And then after that, there's going to be a group of three or four women that are going to be really tight for like the four, five, six, seven spot. 
another group behind that of five or six that are really tight for those rankings. And then you're going to see a group of like 15 women. That's like, that's the kind of the meat of the field where, and those are the, like, that's the range that we're basically talking about right now. If you're looking on this from like, um, maybe where Brooke is down to where, you know, Alex Gazan, Tari Helgedotter are like, you could see that totally inverted, or it could play out very similar to this or any combination. And then you'll see that bottom group of 15 athletes that's, um, you know, are either rookies uh, or, you know, they're very good in this, in, in some of the formats that are relative that you need to be in to qualify, but get exposed more in the game style programming. Yeah. And because there's so many rookies, we won't be looking for the rookie in one heat and then the rookie in the next heat. So what you'll inevitably see is, some athletes perform and think to yourself over the weekend, they were a rookie because it's always compared to those that really might go out and the lights may be a little bit too big for them. So it'll be cool to see who is who. Who do you think will drop the most, uh, JR? Who do you, who do you think just rank way too high in our games? Um, I mean, Mize actually went right to Emma Lawson. You know, as, as impressive as she was at the Atlas games, I'm just not sure. I'm not sure she won't end up finishing 25th. And, and who took second there? at atlas games was that yeah. uh was it is page powers okay yeah i um it was a the thing about the thing about the atlas games for the women's field is you know a, it was a, a times, jv event just say it brian yeah but i throw out these numbers like if you're able to get 550 points at your semifinal, that is usually a, a good indication that you're going to do well at the games both of those women got above 550 points at that semifinal. But there, you know, there's got to be some exceptions. Also, Sung Young Choi got well above 550 points in her semifinal. But in some of these cases, it is is worth looking at who you're competing against because we already talked about the syndicate women, where, you know, the winner of that event is Haley Adams, and she only had 502 points. And the reason being that was a deeper field, so there's it's it was more difficult to have consistent finishes up at the top because there were 10 or 12 athletes that had the potential to steal those points event after event. And obviously, you know, I think there'd be very few people that are going to project Emma Lawson, Sung Young Choi, and, and Paige Powers to beat Haley Adams at the game. So that comment is relative in some cases, but also needs to be taken in context in others. Is this the last year that Shane's wife is competing? We'll find out. I mean, I think that some people thought that might be the case last year. And immediately after winning, she said that she will absolutely be back. So um i'm led to you know i don't really know how we can take anything other than what they've always said is as long as we're having fun doing it we'll keep doing it tia laura car gabby uh you guys you everyone should be thanking me uh jr and brian the last thing they wanted to do is make this a games prediction event they fought tooth and nail yesterday at to drag it there and today you see i won i picked their brains i got them to spill the beans on all sorts of shit give myself a win win for tonight <laughs> Uh, anything else? Anyone else you want to talk about? Anything else? Uh, a, a rookie of the year, maybe. Um, if you're looking for a rookie on the men's on the women's side that I, that I think will do well is uh, Alexis Raptus, and for the men, um, I think I saw someone mention in the comments is uh, you know I I think both Jay and I are on the same page with Dallin Pepper, so I think early favorites to be contenders for rookie of the games would be Alexis and Dallin. How, how many rookies over uh, in the men's side? I think four. 13 or 14 okay so is, is that the most is that the most rookies ever this uh this year no it's too many too many variable formats to really have a meaningful uh, conversation about that i think there were 115 rookies in 2019 um <laughs> uh help and help and help help and help 
how many is this is this the biggest rookie year uh ever um you know outside of the first or second or third crossfit games and 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 the weird year yeah we'll look at we can go uh, i can go back and check we'll look at 2010 through 18 and last year and we'll try to find out great show guys uh anything else um you like to add scrap that 2011 through 2018 and last year Tomorrow morning, 7 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, uh, Nicholas Joyal is kind enough to come on. It's going to be a cool show. He was supposed to come on anyway tomorrow. Uh, it'll be fun to get to know him, to hang with him. Uh, I think he's going to spill the beans on everything. We'll find out what he's taking. We'll find out if I can buy it and get on Ooh, it. That's a good question. Actually. Does Ricky Garrard count as a rookie? Oh, how, Why would he? I don't know. <laughs> what's, his, what's his pedigree at the games? He's got they no, are giving no eye roll. His, oh. oh, his pedigree is just a line through all of his scores. Yeah, I mean, it's basically like they, like it never happened. He, he counts as a felon. <laughs> oh, man. Nicholas, you will not be treated like that tomorrow. And I apologize um, to, to Mr. Gerard. Uh, I think to close out the show, Savon needs to tell the world his 2K row time. 7.49. Impressive. 7.49. Thank you. Been I'm, over years. you. I'm, I'm still injured. I'm still I'm still injured. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Some, John Young just texted me. Just, and he gave me a, a clap on my 2K. They, yeah. uh, my friend who came over. So, my friend came over. I don't know if you caught the gist of it, but my friend, I was really tired and maybe even hung over a little bit or not feeling ill or something. And my friend came over and he's like, Hey, are you going to work out? I'm like, Yeah, I'm just going to do a salt bike ride. He's like, Hey, I think you should do a 2K row because people don't think you do it. I'm like, I can't do it. I haven't rode 2K in fucking 10 years. So I rode the assault bike and then I got off and he's got the camera. And I'm like, fuck. And I just went to war with it. <laughs> Hated it. It was well, it was a well-made uh, video there. You could Thank feel you. the passion and the pain. Man. Oh man. My, my, my beard was glistening. I'm Thank impressed. You. If you were going to, if it was over eight minutes, I don't know if I would have showed up tonight. <laughs> you or me. Me. <laughs> oh. Thank you, JR. It means a lot. Hey, hey, that CrossFit shit works, man. As long as you stay moving, as long as you stay moving, you can get in there and do and do the uh, mix. Uh, so we'll, we'll have Nicholas on tomorrow. Uh, we will get to know him. We'll learn about his 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 background, his youth. Um, hopefully, we'll find out what he took, how scary it was to take it. Um, it you know, if he knew he was going to be caught, can you even enjoy participating in events when you know you're that you're going to be tested afterwards? Um, it, it, you know, we had a guest on the other day who said he robbed a house and, and there was like 600 guns in the basement. When he got home, it was the worst feeling of his life. Like, what the fuck am I doing with 600 guns? And that's what I kind of imagine what it's like when you do steroids or whatever PEDs he did. And then knowing you're going to be tested, it must have fucked up his whole weekend. So it'll be cool just for him to come clean and be honest. And then hopefully people can learn from this in the future on whether they want to do it or not. And then we will also give him his invite to the California Hormone Games. He will be our first invite. <sighs> Bada boom, bada bing. And uh, Friday, I have a uh, we have a, a, a programming show. Um, we are going to have uh, Taylor Self and uh, Jer Howell on. And I think the title of the show is the best CrossFit. Is it the best CrossFit Games uh, events of all time? That's, That's right. A, yeah, it's going to be a great show. That's Friday evening at 5 p.m. And do I have anyone on? What, let me say one more thing here. Oh, 
and, and on Friday we have a uh, Sonny Webster on. Sonny Webster went to the 2016 Olympics uh, for the United Kingdom. Uh, he someone told me that I should have him on the show. I started looking into him. He looks like he's a fun guy, a wild guy. Uh, he knows his shit about Olympic lifting. I watched like 20 videos on him today, and he has no dick in him, which is interesting because there's so many dicks in the space. Uh, so I'm excited to have him on Friday. And then Saturday we're gonna have a live call-in show, and I think that one's gonna be wild. Okay. Thanks, guys. Brian Friend, Jer Howell, uh, Julian Garcia, Alyssa Carredito, Jeremy Garcia, Kenneth DeLapp. God, there's a lot of Mexicans in the chat tonight. <laughs> Shit. Uh, 